Welcome back to another Issues of Dad's Got Issues podcast. I am DGI Mark, and this week for our In Between the Ropes issue, uh, we have a fill-in host for Charlie, who is uh, off doing something with his family, I'm sure. Um, I'm going to introduce my co-host for the day. Uh, We'll call him... Let's call him Teenage Tyler. Um, So, uh, yeah, so Tyler is... uh, one of my former football players, but he, like myself, is a giant uh, professional wrestling connoisseur. So uh, I figured I'd bring him in today and fill in for Charlie's shoes a little bit and uh, get through this inside the ropes issue with him. It's nice being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, so um, we're going to get into a little bit of recap. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Um, we have two weeks of Raw, SmackDown. Uh, NXT, AEW, uh, Clash of Champions, and a little bit of the G1 Climax. Um, and if we have some time at the end, we're going to talk about some generational stuff with wrestling. Because uh, obviously, our normal take is from a 20-something-year-old father and 30-something-year-old father's point of view. But it's not very often I think you get to sit in a room with a you know, 17, 18-year-old kid and discuss wrestling and see what their perspective on where the business is heading as far as their generation goes um but uh we'll start with raw uh 921 the go home show for raw before clash of champions uh what was your feelings about everything heading into clash as far as the raw side of things goes uh as far as raw goes i would say felt like everything was mostly predictable they didn't really have much storyline going into it where yeah. you could have actually like diverge into it and see what was going to happen and break yeah. down multiple um, probabilities. It was really all general knowledge. You could yeah. figure out what was going to happen. And, and I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed Drew's run. I've enjoyed Drew's rivalry with Randy Orton. And I can say, and we'll talk about this more once we get the Clash of Champions in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, but I've enjoyed Randy's ability to play the heel, but he hasn't played fodder yet, which mean, I mean that he, he hasn't, you know, obviously hasn't taken the belt. Um, but he's, he's done enough to hurt drew to make it believable that maybe at one point he will. Right. But like I, you know, and we'll talk about the post raw, um, after clash, but, um, I've like I said, I enjoyed that build. Other than the main event, though, Raw. I mean, Raw's kind of a, kind of a wash to me. I mean, in the Go Home Show, you get the triple threat tag team match, which determined the number one contender for the, the tag titles. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's almost like they don't know how to build the story long term for the tag division at this point without having to sacrifice time for other rivalries. I feel like that's been a recurring theme for a better half of the year now, maybe even longer. Yeah, I mean, I I have no problem with the Street Profits being tag team champions. They're the most entertaining tag team on Raw in the ring and as personalities. So they, I think they carry that, that, that torch well. But my biggest issue I have with them, you know, being tag champions is that there's nobody to challenge them. Right. You know, they, they made... 
you know, the Viking Raiders, whatever, War Raiders, whatever you want to call them, you know, they made them a, he- a, a babyface faction while the Street Profits were babyface. And they did, like, that whole, like, mixed match where they're doing all the crazy, funny segments, which was cool. But at the same time, it's like, well, it, it was kind of wasted. Like It destroyed the purpose. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think, and I, I, I enjoy Angel Garza and Andrade. I enjoy them much more as singles competitors than I did as a tag team. Agreed. Um, so hurt business retribution. Um, it, retribution was also the opening segment for the 21 episode. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm woefully disappointed. And I've said this before on, on here. I'm never pleasantly surprised. I'm just always woefully disappointed in what WWE does. And this is another situation. The four people that they brought up to do it, I enjoy as competitors. I like mm-hmm. Shane Thorne. I like... Um, Dijakovic. Dijakovic. I like uh, Mia Yim, and I like mm-hmm. Mercedes Martinez. And also uh, uh, Dio Madden was in there. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm on the fence about Dio Madden. Um, I think he's got a great look. I think he's mm-hmm. a big dude. I think he's intimidating looking. I just don't know. I haven't seen enough of him in the ring to really kind of get a gauge on whether I'm, I'm going to care about him as an athlete right. um, or an entertainer. But, man, when you put those guys out there and those girls out there and they're wearing these awful, like, masks and they're <laughs> not, like, they were more intimidating when they didn't speak. Mm-hmm. And then they gave them the mics and you're like, oh, well, these are just all NXT people I just watched three weeks ago. Right. Like, And I get it. You got to escape from it a little bit. You got to have a little bit of, like, you know, K-Fab, I guess, mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, well, they're new people right now. But then you come out and you name them. Right. And they're just, they're just bad. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, was it T-Bar? T-Bar. Slap dick, slapstick, <laughs> whatever. I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it, none of it makes sense. And it, it just seems lazy. It seems like they, the WWE just didn't know what they wanted to do in retrospect of, like actually naming them, but it's just so bad. That's then, that's been one of my biggest pet peeves with WWE is that once they get to the main roster from NXT, is changing their names. Yeah. They've already made their name well known even before NXT because most of them have come from the Indies. Yeah. So they make their name well known. They come to NXT, keep their name, come to the main roster, and they, it's like they lose everything yeah. and all their credibility goes down the drain. Yeah, and then you know. Obviously, I think I think one of the highlights, and I, I, I've you know we have highlighted it through our Instagram, um, the MVP effect, hurt business. I mean, when it started, it was one of those things that you were kind of like on the fence about, right? Because you didn't quite understand or didn't quite know where it was going. But now, I mean, it. I'm all in. I think mm-hmm. this is one of the best things they have going on Raw. But they're heels, right? And they're the faction that seems to be kind of going against this whole retribution thing. And it doesn't make sense that they would even care that retribution was doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like retribution shouldn't be going after them. Retribution for all intents and purposes, if you wanted hurt business to move on and continue to evolve, hurt business would be moving up the chain, whether it's a tag title, you know, I mean, hurt business for street profits would be a great feud because it, it, it pits two, similar character types Definitely. but two different routes that they're obviously taking but i 
I don't know. I, I think if you wanted to, I think Retribution should be going after the Apollo Cruises, the Ricochets, the you know, the guy, the good guy, lower mid card guys to build themselves right. up. But instead, they're pushing them against hurt business, and it just doesn't click. Even like you just said, maybe even someone along the lines of the Viking Raiders. Yeah, just a just a yeah. Start and, the train rolling. They need to find something for. Um, Eric to do mm-hmm. is it Eric and the Viking? Yeah, because Ivar got uh, uh, yeah, Ivar's, injured. Yeah, Ivar's hurt with his neck, so they got to find something for him to do. I think bringing him in, tagging him or not tagging him, but teaming him up in like a makeshift like faction with Rick Shea mm-hmm. and um, like I can Apollo see Cruz. I can see that being a really good tag team. It, it'd be an interesting tag team, but my thing is, is even if it's just like a. a a grouping for a period of time right. to allow retribution to either run rush shot or to build them in the same sense of like, okay, well they're going to stand toe to toe with retribution, but retribution is ultimately going to come on the, you know, the back end of it. Um, that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty much the highlights from, from the go home for me. Um, there wasn't that, much going there. No, um, never really is anymore. Doesn't yeah. feel like there's no really excitement Heading into a big major pay per view. Yeah, and it, and it, and it the lack of fans in fan involvement in shows and things like that matters. Um, but I, I think ultimately, you know, we, we we can only do so much. The WWE can only do so much until right. they decide that, you know, it's okay for them to start touring again. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think I think the go home shows are tougher too because you're you're running pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view i thought with the pandemic they would slow down yes i thought we would um i thought we would get more substance in between shows but like i mean we went from what extreme rules to what was the one where you basically had a pay-per-view back-to-back weeks uh i think it was it SummerSlam and Extreme Rules or SummerSlam and Payback. Payback, right. Yeah, you went you like I didn't even realize we were getting a pay-per-view. Like I was like, shit, we have a pay-per-view tonight. Mm-hmm. Like um WWE's too big of a company for that to happen. It should never happen for them. Right. You should never have fans that have a, a dedicated podcast and subscribe to your network and watch all your shows and buy all your merchandise and do all this other stuff that don't even like realize that there's another pay-per-view. Like right. That like, and you shouldn't be doing a pay per view back to back weekends. That doesn't make any sense. And I'll be scrolling on Twitter, just going through, um, seeing everyone's reactions to wrestling, and even on nights when there are pay per views, they'll say like, "Wait, there's a pay per view today." Yeah. So it's not just a small problem. This is a problem for everyone in the wrestling community. Yeah. And I think that I think that that falls into the category too, and and we'll talk a little bit about this later if we can get into it, but where you know you. When I was growing up, pay-per-views were an event. Like, you got together because you had to pay 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. So you try to get two or three friends together to watch it with you so their parents or you would chip in together and pay for it. But now you have the network, and it's just like a four... Like, you're just subscribed to it. So every month you get charged, you don't even think about it, really. So, like, you kind of don't... It it doesn't sit in the press of your mind. Mm -hmm. We're like, AEW, they're capturing that that nostalgic feeling of like, okay, well like, do I want to pay 60 bucks to watch this by myself? Or do I want to see if I can get two or three buddies together? We'll pitch in and we'll do it that way. Um, 
But uh, moving on, we'll go into, we'll keep it WWE, we'll move into NXT for the 24th, um, same week as SummerSlam, or sorry, as Clash. Um, bunch of number one contendership setups on yeah. the 24th episode. Uh, the women's match. Um, so we kind of fantasy booked this a couple weeks back uh, when they were doing the whole Tatiga Knox, Candice LeRae feud. Uh, I said that I would much rather prefer to see Candice LeRae in the main event title picture at this point. Mm-hmm. I thought her feuding with Tegan Knox was kind of redundant. I didn't think she needed to prove that she should be the next one up. Um, with Mercedes Martinez and and Mia Yim obviously being the call-ups, it made sense to me that Candice LeRae's got to get a main event title run here. She's the most name-recognized person on the other than Rhea Ripley. Yeah, it's been um, she's been at the NXT far too long to not really even have yeah. any chance. So my my big thing, like I said, I thought she needed she needed this opportunity, and she's getting it. Obviously, she won the number one contendership. Right. Um, I was fine with either her or Ripley. Or Ripley. Mm-hmm. I think Rhea Ripley not getting a rematch in almost the immediate future of of it all. I thought it was a little weird. Yeah. Um, it was almost like her time was kind of cut short very mm-hmm. abruptly to me but i think ultimately they don't want Rhea to beat the person that beat her because then it makes Ira Shirai look a little weak um i like Ira i think she i think she's very hit or miss to, for me mm-hmm. watching her matches like i said i've said previously on issues there's been times where i'm just i'm watching the match i'm like this is like watching like mud dry it's slow. It's lethargic. Yeah. There's not a lot of chemistry. But then she wrestled um, Shotzi Blackheart. And I thought that match with Shotzi a couple of weeks ago was great. It was. And there's not a lot of Shotzi Blackheart matches that I think are spectacular. Not because of her. But I just don't think her style is meshed very well with a lot of the girls. Mm-hmm. But her versus Io, uh, Io Shirai, I was like, that that was a good match. I will say, uh, ever since Io Shirai went through that heel turn phase... She's been one of the most enjoyable wrestlers on NXT. Personality-wise, her shift personality, yes, I agree with that. But in I ring. don't, I don't in 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 real in, in ring style and ability, she's good, and I like her. I don't think she's bad. I just think like there's something like so she's wrestled in so many, she's wrestled in so many tag matches that it almost makes me believe that she's better in that capacity Mm -hmm. and maybe she was wrestling so many tag matches that catching the rhythm of a sing as a singles competitor is tough and we'll dive into that a little bit with AEW with the whole Kenny Omega age thing and it it goes you know it is tougher for a tag like I mean and we even talk about it with Smackdown with with, uh, Jey Uso it is tough to be a singles guy when your whole career you've been a tag guy because you go from wrestling what is basically the equivalency of half a match to now having to carry the load the whole time. If you're not physically preparing yourself for that, like, what are you going to do? Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, obviously, and the, the reason why we're not getting the, the Tegan feud is because Tegan blew her knee out again. Terrible and, news. Yeah. I mean, it's sad for her because obviously she was on such a hot run. That's um, a, what, three knee injuries in the span of three years yeah, now? three two and one knee it's it's bad um same night 
you get Gargano winning or declaring, I guess. I don't, did he win or did he declare? He basically declared. Declared, yeah. He has number one contendership for for the North American title, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Damian Priest has been booked beautifully. He's probably he's probably the most middle-of-the-road name they've signed in a yeah. long time that they've turned up a notch once he's got there. Um, he was great as Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah. His match versus Adam Page at... Um, death Before Dishonor. Um, well, death, he had a match with him at Death Before Dishonor, but he also had... Was it Death Before? No. I think I thought it was. That was the one that me and you went to, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Or no, 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 no. That well, was um He wrestled at um their supercard down in at WrestleMania the one year. In Florida? I, yeah, in Florida. I know for a fact he, he wrestled him and Page at a, a, a supercard. But regardless, his match with Angwin Page was a very good highlight of his in ring abilities and the future was gonna be bright for him. Um, and you're seeing it now. I thought his, I think his his matches have developed really well. He's getting more comfortable um, in NXT, and I think yeah. that just takes time. When you're out of the system, and you're you've been doing wrestling for so long, and then you come back into or you come in NXT or the WWE machine, you, we hear it all the time. It's really tough for guys to kind of catch on and get on board. It really is. You can tell from a viewer standpoint, it's a whole different. Yeah. Ball game in WWE. Um, and then at the end of it, I once again another thing we kind of fantasy booked um, with the last issue when we were speaking about the number one contendership and who we, who we would like to have seen pushed into the, the the title main title picture for NXT was Kyle O'Reilly, and obviously Kyle O'Reilly has a rich history of being a world champion for Ring of Honor, um, and like the same good one too. Yeah, and and I like and you know. His time away from television, I don't know. I'm assuming it was COVID, family-related, whatever it was, or health-related. Um, just worried about exposure. Right. But he came back, and he was a different person. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he grew a beard, grew his hair a little bit, and, like, you know, whatever. But I don't mean just, like, appearance. I mean, like, he's a different person in the in the retrospect of, like, he's a bigger dude. Yeah. Like, he, he clearly put on, what, 15, maybe, 20 pounds he looks like i mean he's he's thicker um and that goes a, w- a long way for him as a as a competitor because now when like he's gonna stand in the ring next to finn i think he's gonna i think he's gonna make finn look small yeah um which isn't a problem um at least not for me but at the same time i think it makes him more believable as a threat um not that as a tag team competitor he, he wasn't ever ever any more malicious or i guess um whatever but i'm excited uh i thought the i thought the the fatal four way uh was a good way to establish him Mm -hmm. but the problem is they keep putting guys in these matches that you're just like i don't believe that they're gonna win right like bronson reed to this point like i just don't believe he's they're they're gonna push him Mm -hmm. yet um cameron grimes is basically a comedy act Mm -hmm. um which is sad because he was tremendous in this is really good. Yeah, and, and impact and Ring of Honor as well during his days. Um, hopefully, he shakes this whole to the moon thing, and you know he can get. You know, I feel more. like even with his gimmick the way it is right now, he's still a fan. He's still a fan favorite. Yeah, it, it, but is it is a fan favorite in the context of? Is it a fan favorite in context of? 
he likes like they like him because he's funny or is he a fan favorite because they like him and he's believable as a contender for any of the titles it's it's definitely more that he's a comedy act yeah so i mean we see what happens to those in wwe especially when you're talented because they booked him strong at the beginning i mean he came out what his first three matches he he won on he went on just the straight with the the chest stomp or whatever they, they call it um but so i think you got I think that's probably the best episode of NXT we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, NXT's been trying to compete heavily with as AEW. far as yeah, as far as splash matches with AEW. So obviously, you, you could say any of the title paper, the title shows were great, but you're gonna you you put a title on the line, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good match. We're, we're it's gonna be a good show. We we expect it to be a good show, but as a run of the mill, like just let's get to the next episode mm-hmm. of. NXT, I thought this was a pretty pretty decent episode. I will say for, uh, it was, what, two or three weeks ago when NXT moved to Tuesday nights, it made it a lot easier for fans to enjoy and really indulge in wrestling because ever since AEW has really, which by the way, they just celebrated their one-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, ever since they've really come on the TV, it's like, what do you watch? You don't really get a choice. And I so, so primarily just watch AEW. I don't really go back and watch NXT. I usually just read about it. Um, so seeing NXT on Tuesday nights was a good refresher and let me breathe and actually be able to enjoy everything and take everything in. So I completely agree. I agree that NXT or AEW, one of the two making a shift or move from the current date, I have absolutely no problem with because of that reason. Um, I like being able to not have to watch two shows in one night. Right. Um, I don't mind it because unlike your generation, my generation, when we actually had the Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. we couldn't re- like, unless you had like a, a, D- a DV, you know, uh, DVR, a, a, yeah, not a DVR, uh, a v- VCR okay. that you could record a cassette in another room. You turn that TV on. The, the, the show you couldn't you had this channel flop mm-hmm. which you don't necessarily have to do now so like every week i have to pick and choose like okay what do i want to do as far as my like my viewing pleasure do i want to watch AEW or do i want to watch nxt so i think you know i i don't mind the idea of them, one of them moving. I don't care which one. I'm not biased. Agreed. Um, but that week, yes, it was much easier. Or even the week, you know, we'll talk. I mean, technically speaking, the episode of NXT we just talked about was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on Wednesday. So that makes it easier as well. Um, but uh, as far as NXT goes, though, for that week, for the go-home week for before Clash of Champions, that pretty much wraps that up. Um and then we get AEW on the 22nd and the 23rd that week. I don't know what caused AEW to do the late night episode on the 22nd. That was, it was really random. Yeah, it was a very spur of the moment thing. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we know we're getting a second hour, I think they said. I thought I mean, it was a second show. Yeah, but it's supposed to be a second hour, like long show mm-hmm. um, of AEW at some point in the calendar year. I don't know if that was like the test so to speak of that maybe yeah. 
Uh, but I hope it's not that late, like every, like as a normal thing. But um, we got, obviously, you know, we got on that late night episode, you opened with Ben Carter and Scorpio Sky. And I know you said you didn't, you didn't get around to watching it, but right. um, I heard good things. Yes. Ben, I mean, Ben Carter is definitely a guy right now for AW that is young. Um, he's put on some great matches on dark. This match, I think put him on like the main map. Um, but yeah, it was a great, it was a really good match. Um, both guys obviously are tremendous workers. Scorpio Sky is probably the most underrated wrestler in AW. Um, but he, uh, he's definitely, it was definitely a good match. Um, and then side Allen Spears wrestled, um, and Scorpio Sky eventually came out for the save for that match because um, Spears is cheating with his loaded glove. I mean, it's <laughs> the most ridiculous thing, but it is what it is. Um, but he cheats to beat Sidal and um, continues to lay the beat down after the match, which pushes um, Scorpio Sky to come out. Um, and then the 23rd, uh, which I'm deeming because everybody likes to give uh, these wrestling sh- episodes or pay-per-views their own little like running title i'm naming the 23rd of AEW COVID runs wild <laughs> because apparently everybody in AEW caught COVID. lance uh, archer um lance archer brian cage their entire main event was decimated as a result of, of all the positive testing um so you get uh you get miro's debut that episode mm-hmm. um which was kind of hampered by a an injury mid-match. You saw the injury occur. Right. Um, and it kind of went downhill quick from there. Um, I don't know if maybe there was some ring rust, um, but obviously Mirror's still in tremendous shape. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully he shakes off this, this injury that, you know, he occurred. And- it feels like every time I see him, whether it was in WWE or now in AW, it's like he gets better shape every week. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's obviously had plenty of time to be, you know, lifting and running and doing this. Obviously, he's not on the road or wasn't actually putting his body through the rigor with WWE the last couple of months of his contract because he was choosing to sit out. And he was diagnosed with uh, COVID. Yeah. So I think he's definitely a guy moving forward that's going to be a, a major player for AEW just in the sense that of how they've booked their previous WWE talent. Um. But I think I'm not a big fan of the gimmick right now. Me either. Um, I don't know what it turns into. And I think that's a lot of the issue I have with AEW and their character choices for some guys that come in that already have established lines of character is that they don't really... They don't really necessarily pick, like good starting points that like you know we're going to develop into something cooler down the line like sean spears coming in and doing his thing but then hitting cody with the chair and becoming the chairman was kind of a cool play on the whole scenario but obviously that was buried so quickly like they don't Mm -hmm. even address it anymore um i'll also say it feels like this is kind of a predictable storyline where it's heading with miro I feel like it's going to head down the line where he ends up turning on him. And then they start to feud, and then he breaks off into his own without him. Yeah, I, I can mean, see it. I mean, I definitely could see it. I mean, everything to a degree is kind of predictable. Right. Um, but it, it's what they do with it, I think, that matters. Um, the Young Bucks 
Uh, we talk about things that are predictable. Yeah. I mean, for weeks, I didn't, I didn't expect the turn from them as quickly as like, I expect the Kenny's turn to be this drastic. Yeah. But then it's like the polar opposite. Now, like the Bucks are just super kicking everybody, um, which I don't mind. I like, I like heel young Bucks way more than I like baby face. I mean, we've, we've had baby face Bucks for what, like fuck three years, four wow. years now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their, their heyday of Bullet Club has been long forgotten where they're you know they were running rough shot of of people um so it's cool to see them back in that capacity of they're mm-hmm. going to be the the you know the resident bad guys i feel like everyone in the elite kenny omega hangman young bucks they're all better off as heels than they are babyface. well i think that i think the thing is is you're gonna you're gonna get um you're gonna get a baby face Adam Page. Mm-hmm. That's it. Sounds like that's where we're headed, um, which is fine because I think him versus Kenny is going to be a good rivalry. Yeah. Um, then you get the return of Cody post uh, TNT title match. Really solid return. Yeah, and and and, and it's it's yet to be seen. People are like, "Oh, the dark clothes, the dark hair, always turning heel." He's. I don't think that's the case. I just think it's a, it's a gimmick change up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you have dark hair doesn't mean you have to be a, a heel. Um, I did like his new suit. I did like his. I, I liked everything that he did. He looked clean. Yeah, I mean Cody. Cody's like Triple H. I mean, I hate to say it, but mm-hmm. he's gonna give himself the best entrance, the best pyro, the best. Ever. Like that's just, that's kind of been the the shtick since the start, which it is what it is. But I I, I enjoy Cody tremendously, and I, I'm happy to see him back. I was actually kind of disappointed when they said that he was leaving to go for the injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I found out he was doing a, that show that on show. TNT. I was like, dude, man, I'm like, you're so hot right now in the company and you're going to roll to go do it. Like, it is what it is. And he even went along and talked about it in his promo. Yeah. Um, and then that same night as a result of us not getting that, was it a, supposed to be a six man tag for eight man tag because of the COVID stuff. Six man, six man. Um, because of the COVID stuff with, with uh, Archer and Brian Cage, uh, we ended up getting Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. and I and I was never like I'm not gonna act like I really knew much about Eddie Kingston prior to me watching NWA Dynamite yeah. or NWA Power, um, but I can tell you watching NWA Power, I enjoyed him tremendously, and then when he made his debut, you know, we kind of did make a bigger deal about it on the on the show. And I think he he has the potential to be a a a great manager slash main event type guy like a Jericho. Right. I'm not saying he's Jericho. I'm not pushing him into that upper echelon. But I'm saying like if he's gonna build like this faction around him, similar to like Inner Circle or the Elite or you know Bullet Club or whatever, he's the guy that should be the main guy. His mic skills are un, 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 unmatched as far as some of these newer guys that they've they've brought in. And he's just, I mean, he puts on great matches. And he's willing to do the dirty stuff, too, mm-hmm. which I think helps make more compelling matches with maybe some guys that aren't as technically sound. Right. Uh, but obviously, Moxley's, I think he's trying to get away from, like, I'm I'm only this type of star or this type of wrestler, which is nice. It's good for Mox mm-hmm. to do that because career longevity-wise, I mean, Jesus, you can only get thrown through <laughs> so many tables and chairs and ladders. Thumbtacks. Yeah. So, um, overall, I think NXT, AW, NXT, I think 
for me, that week was just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, AEW's doing a lot of short-term booking right now as far as week to week because they don't have a pay-per-view coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully in the next week or two, we see that start to ramp back up. Next pay-per-view is about, what, a month away now? Close yeah, to Yeah, I think they say they have about a month a month's worth of build left to go. So Plenty think, of time. Yeah, things should ramp back up. Um, but we'll go on to SmackDown um, for that week as well to go home SmackDown, which was 9.25. Um, obviously, they're, they're pushing this Alexa Bliss Fiend thing. Um, mm-hmm. She had a, another big a bit not a big shift in her character but another shift in her character with Lacey Evans and just you know beating the shit out of her again um I like Alexa Bliss a lot um she's probably my favorite female wrestler I'd list, I like her without all the extra gimmick stuff yeah um but to see her push she she's gonna get a main event push here it's gonna happen they're not gonna put her with the fiend and then not put a try to put a belt on her at some right. point so as long as she gets another title shot, I'm okay with it. I think her versus Sasha would be a great feud, mm-hmm. especially now that Sasha appears to be venturing into the babyface category. Uh, uh, we also have that draft coming up. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, okay. And then you get uh, the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso build up continuing. And I thought the build for that match was done pretty well. Yeah. Um, it didn't convince me anymore that Jey Uso was going to win. I think it was no. a foregone conclusion that Roman was going to walk out with the belt again. But it did help elevate Jey Uso. Definitely. Um, and I can't say that I've ever seen them as singles guys. But maybe it could happen. I mean, it, it worked. It happened for Matt and Jeff. I and later in their careers at that, I, I could definitely see it. You know, spawning something as a result of of all this. I don't really know exactly what happened. What what's going on with Jimmy? Why is he not around? Is there any reason behind? I that? don't know. I mean, he he obviously was at Clash of Champions. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't in know. Ring if, wise, though, I haven't. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know if it's something else. I mean, obviously, they both have had their transgressions outside the company but i right. think that was all squared away and cleaned up i think it's an injury i want to say it's something with with an injury um but uh other than that not much else i know the miz is doing all his crazy shenanigans with otis mm-hmm. but i i've lost so much interest in that that's right in the same category as the whole dominic seth rollins feud i'm so over like it's the polar opposite of how I feel about Drew and Randy. Like I've I've been okay with like Drew and Randy kind of yeah. carrying the main event title picture on Raw, but like as far as Seth and and the Mysterio clan rivalry, I'm just over it. It's getting way too campy and they're doing too much with it. Yeah. Um. But uh. So we'll go in the Clash of Champions. I thought this is the best pay per view they've had, including SummerSlam, and it's the best pay per view they've had of 2020, in my opinion. I thought I thought that I just thought the the card was booked well. Mm-hmm. All the matches ended properly. They got enough time for each of them. The only thing I could say was kind of chopped up. Obviously, Nikki Cross not being able to compete messed up the the women's title match. But they still they still it was also Nia Jax too, right? And someone else, her partner Shayna Baszler. Yeah, they both got. Did they test positive or? Did I'm they... not sure. They. Sh- Nia Jax made some comment on Twitter trying to like push it to the side, yeah. but I feel like that's probably the case. Well, 
all I know is, like I said, I other than the Nikki Cross match, I didn't really have much complaints about the show. Mm-hmm. I thought the show was booked well. Um, obviously, the the two main event matches, Randy, I, I like you were saying things things tend to get predictable. But if I'm honest with you, I didn't expect to see any of the the people come back. Neither I mean, I. by like the third or fourth third or fourth guy coming back, I was like, yeah. It was cool when it was like the first, maybe maybe the first two times. But. Yeah, and then I was like, oh man. And the face the Big Show made when he came, mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, that's a <laughs> meme waiting to happen. It kind of, I didn't, I, I didn't really like it for Randy's sake. Or or Drew really because I feel like well it did make Randy look weaker in yeah. my opinion it and, did it, because... and I feel like it made Drew kind of look like a weaker champion that he had all that help yeah but I also didn't think it made I didn't think it hurt it at all it hurt it too much I no. should say because it it gave the rivalry a reason to continue on yeah after such a very I mean it was a, a pretty brutal match I mean for for you know, for WWE standards. I'm um, always a fan of ambulance matches. They've been, they've been re- re- redundant in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, th- this was a, be- this was one of the better ones in recent memory for me. I actually really enjoyed the Roman range, Jimmy or Jay Uso match. I thought that match aesthetically like, isn't going to wow you. It's not going to blow you away. You know, you're not going to be like, Oh, this is a five star mm-hmm. in ring technician type it, match it was what it was but as a hard-hitting like affair with a little bit of story and drama behind mm-hmm. it yeah it was a good match and to me and I, I i've you know i've said it like i think it was probably roman's best match to date in wwe character wise he's had better in-ring matches like as far as like pushing it bell to bell yeah but like if you're telling a story within the ring I don't think it got better than that. For I agree with that. I mean, obviously, he hasn't had many opportunities to to do better than mm-hmm. that. But there was a lot of there was a lot of passion, and you could tell there was a lot of trust between the two. Obviously, being family, right? There was a lot of trust between the two throughout the match to do some spots, some things that maybe they're not comfortable doing with other people. But I enjoyed it, um, which made the show more enjoyable. Being right. able to enjoy both main event title matches was a big deal. A relief, too. Yeah. It's the first time in a long time. I mean, other than the IC title match, mm-hmm. with the la- I mean, and obviously that was match number one. Uh, obviously, that was a pretty brutal match, too. Yeah, it was. And, and those guys did a really, really, really good job, in my opinion. But, like I said, other than that world title, uh, that IC title match, having the world titles booked as strongly as they booked it is important. And I think they need to continue to do that if they want to, if they want to continue to have these champions they have currently through this pandemic era where there isn't fan them behind them cheering mm-hmm. and booing and all the other stuff then they need to. Um. So post Raw, uh, Clash of Champions, we get um. The open challenge by Drew with all the legends in the ring. Um, the Rollins and Mysterio feud is still continuing on. Um, now I, you're- I, I will say, I don't mind Dominic. I think yeah, he's I, I think really enjoyable. Yeah, Dominic's, But just the whole feud is... Yeah. D- 
Dominic already beat him. He already beat Buddy Murphy. Like, let's move on. Uh, put him into like a different, like just put him into like a different feud. Like, mm-hmm. Grab a, t- put him in a, make him go against Bobby Lashley or something. I don't know. Like, give him something other than this. Conti- like, at first, them using Rollins as his opponent was building him up, and now it's making him stale. And like he's losing a lot of his flash, and then obviously they're freaking including the sister and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just it's getting weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Isn't Murphy like twelve years older than her? Yeah, I mean, obviously we know it's fictional, so like I'm yeah. not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's weird. Like, yeah, is it weird that they're booking it like yeah. this? Yes, but at the same time, like she's nineteen, she's she can do what she wants. She can do what she want. Like. And it's just weird that like WWE is like this, like the male misogyny behind it. Like mm-hmm. Dominic's got to come to her rescue, or <laughs> her dad's got to come to her rescue. You're like, and Chill. this was the raw where she um, ended up slapping Dominic, Dominic, right? Yeah. So, like I said, I just I think it's I think it's a little it's a little uh, outdated for my taste. Um, Obviously, you get uh, Owens uh, versus uh, Black. Black with the new theme song. Yeah, so, I mean, we know they're going, they're trying to go away from all the CFO stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he wants a character, apparently, that's more, or at least Vince and him came to an agreement, a character that's more closer to the character he kind of portrayed on the indies. Right. Which maybe, I mean, I thought the character he was portraying this whole time was closer to his indie character. Yeah, definitely. Apparently that, it, apparently there's a darker section <laughs> that we can, we can explore. Um, then you get, obviously at the end of the night, Bobby Roode comes back versus Drew McIntyre for the, good opening. to see him back. Yeah. Good to see him back. Good to see him looking good. Um, and then obviously the, there was a lot of rumors also like circulating around last week that James Storm was supposed to come back around WrestleMania, but then Bobby got hurt, and he had that uh, short stint with uh, NXT, didn't he? Yeah, he had a couple couple of book dates with NXT. Um, was offered a contract, and then was offered a better contract from NWA TNA, yeah. and he took that contract. Um, and Triple H said the door would always be open for him. So it sounds like, though, the goal, the, the idea was for him to come back after Mania and team with Bobby Roode, basically bringing beer money, money back to fruition. Um, so, uh, honestly, pretty good, pretty good Raw. I mm-hmm. mean, like we were saying, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Things get predictable, but like, they could have sent anybody out. They could have freaking sent Baron Corbin out to yeah. wrestle Drew. Instead, they gave us Bobby Roode. So it shows that WWE still has some tricks in the bag mm-hmm. that they can pull out. But it's whether WWE wants to or not. Like, do they want to book a guy into the main event title picture, or do they want to book him out of it? Um, I feel like WWE is too scared. I mean, with Bobby Roode, that was different, but just in general they're, no, they're normally too scared to try something new i feel like they always go back to their roots and just that's why it feels so repetitive yeah and and to a degree i mean i guess Keith, you could use the argument that like keith lee's obviously not a roots call 
Rude's not a Rude's call, mm-hmm. but like obviously the main feud is Randy Orton. Right. I I think you know we'll get in. I, I, we'll give some predictions for Hell in a Cell and NXT 31. Um, but I I'll spoil my 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 main event prediction, and I, I think Randy's going to beat him in Hell in a Cell. I can agree. With that. I don't think we get to this point. Like, how many times can Drew McIntyre beat Randy Orton before you've completely buried Randy for the foreseeable mm-hmm. future? And I can also see after that happening, Edge should be on his way back soon here. Well, apparently Edge's injuries recovering slower than expected, is what really? he said. So, which doesn't surprise me. A dude's like, what, late 40s? Right. Or his bicep? I mean, it's not going to come back. I'm, with Edge being my favorite wrestler of all time, I'm 100% down to see him go for... Oh, One last yeah. title run. I mean, yeah, and you know, it's it's funny because I watched the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull session with Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. <sighs> tremendous, tremendous two hours of television. Um, I watched that, and he brought up a good point. Like when they brought him back, he thought he was coming back for like a last hurrah, main event title run, like. Whatever, and then he got there, and it just wasn't the case, and it was almost sad. Mm-hmm. Like you could see the disappointment in his face and in his voice, and you're like, "Man, that really sucks for Kurt," because Kurt's a good guy. He's had a rough, rough life. Yeah, well, I mean, general, generally speaking, yeah. outside but, of what he, what you see with the Olympics and wrestling, when you really dig deep with all of his addiction problems, yeah. and 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 that was good for him to at least get his run that he got. Because it, it kind of washed that away a little bit. Right. Like he's clean. He's doing better. Like, and, and it was good to see him in a WWE ring for the time period that we got. Um, so, yeah, Raw was good. We'll move off for Raw, and uh, we'll move on to um, WWE NXT, which was back on Wednesday night. Um, not much. No. I liked I liked the Balor O'Reilly uh, promo with Shawn Michaels. Once again, they plug in. A legend that's un, kind of unnecessary, but yeah. they did it. Whatever. Um, my highlight for the show for the show was two of my favorite wrestlers getting to wrestle one another, and that's Adam Cole and Austin Theory. Austin Theory, yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm big on Austin Theory. We've said in previous issues, like yeah, we understand his issues and transgressions. Uh, we expect, especially after the mass exodus in NXT UK, mm-hmm. a firing and letting guys go that. WWE has done their due diligence with their domestic workers and that those individuals obviously are cleared of wrongdoing or potentially whatever they were said that they were doing. Right. Um, so I think, like I said, I think WWE is a tremendous, you know, builder of young talent at times. But once they get them to the, to, to the summit, they don't mm-hmm. quite know what to do with them. But I do like shit. They gave Adam Cole Austin Theory like twenty minutes. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a great match. Um, Cole looked good, and Theory looked good. That's all you need. I mean, that's all you can really. And ask really, for. you can. There's rarely a time they don't. Yeah. Um. And then obviously the other, at least for me, the other highlight, so to speak, would be Dexter Loomis's return. Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Um. Coming, getting back on screen. I know he was out for an injury. Um, they they weren't quite sure where or when he was gonna get back in. Um so yeah, that that was good to see him back. And like I said, I he's a 
he's a character for me that I think he's a I think he's a taste thing. Like you got to decide whether you like him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also somebody I think needs to get out of dress dress pants and stuff. Like I just can't. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a pet peeve about that. Either wear tights or trunks. Like I can't stand when guys wear pants. Like it was so funny because they teased Roman's unit or outfit change, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, it's going to be different. It's going to be different." Like literally, just took the vest. Took off. the vest off. That's it. That's it. Got the pants, took the vest off. And now I don't, I don't need Roman coming out in, obviously, I don't need him coming out in, like, tights yeah. or, yeah, or trunks, but it was just interesting. Um, but the same night, AEW decided, all right, well, we're going to take this back. Um, so we get 9.30, we get FTR versus SCU for the tag titles, yeah. which FTR did their first kind of... Tully Blanchard, mm-hmm. it's gonna trick the you. Twenty in. minute, and they had a twenty. It was twenty minute time limit. Yeah, you know they 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 implemented their rules, but then they also had Tully Blanchard doing a lot of the shady stuff on the outside. They mm-hmm. got Christopher Daniels tossed out. Um, did a lot of stacking of the deck in their favor, so to speak, which is cool. I mean, that's their 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 mo. Um, and then for some reason on free TV they gave us Allen versus Stark. Yeah. Just in a straight wrestling match. Good match. Mm-hmm. Guys are tremendous athletes. Um, but I was like, ah, oh, you could have saved this. I would have yeah. rather seen this at the pay-per-view. Um, then Cody comes down, gives another. It's like Cody every year has to give us like a Dusty Rhodes level speech mm-hmm. or a promo. So like he comes out and gives this nice promo for. Um, he kind of teases that he's going to say no and walks away. Yeah. And comes back. Well, we knew he was going to say yes. Yeah, there was that was no surprise there. But the problem I've run into is, do you give him the belt back, or do you let Dark Order continue to run? Cody, Cody's got to turn. If, like I said, the only way he gets a title shot is if he turns heel mm-hmm. and he books himself in to the title, like he plays like the bad boss. But I don't know if he can bring himself to do that because it's part of the problem he had with WWE. Yeah, but we'll see. I can kind of see him um, running through Dark Order, maybe leading up to uh, Full Gear, and then yeah, he gets I, a opportunity there. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that makes sense. Let him pick apart Dark Order one by one, um, and then in the main event, you get Moxley versus Blade. There's yeah, <laughs> very random, and obviously it builds on the Eddie Eddie Kingston rivalry a little bit because that's his like group. So to speak, but it just it was it was very weird, mm-hmm. just very odd. Um, but like I said, the first half of AEW Dynamite this past week I thought was really good. It just the main event's not hitting for me. Yeah, it felt it, and I feel like they've had that problem a lot recently. Is that they really can't hit with their main events? Yeah, but they hit they hit strong early on. Definitely. Um, so we get the Ted Two episode of. Friday Night Smackdown. Which Your birthday. Is, yep, my birthday. Stay, um, still dealing with some fallout. Uh, Jimmy and Jay and Roman and everybody are all out. I think it might have just been Jay, though. Mm-hmm. Out with Roman, and basically he says he wants another shot. And Roman basically says you're going to sacrifice it all, blah, 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 blah. And then Jay accepts. So we're going to get Jay versus Roman, too, which I'm fine with. I, like I said, I especially really, if it's in if it's in Hell oh, in a yeah. Cell, right? Yeah, I think so. It's got to be. Yeah, so I, I'm excited for that. Um, another thing I didn't touch on about the previous week's edition of 
um, SmackDown, but they had Corbin versus Riddle, and then this week they had Sheamus, um, Sheamus and Corbin, I think, versus Gable and Riddle or something. Yeah. Dude, they're just, it's just a repetitive circle of bullshit with those four. Mm-hmm. Like, they just can't get out of wrestling each other, and it's doing nothing for one another. I just, it bothers me. I feel bad for Sheamus, too, especially early on in his career, how strong he looked. And, and, the they, and, had, and they but... booked him well when he came back against Jeff Hardy, although yeah. some of the stuff was kind of questionable story-wise, but it, it, was, it is what it is. And then uh, KO interviews Alexa Bliss, um, and they were talking about they were talking about his feud with Black. Mm-hmm. And somehow it got turned into a conversation about The Fiend. And then obviously she talks about him like he's a god. And then he appears and attacks And that she's brainwashed. Yeah, that she's brainwashed. And then, yeah, whatever. Um, The Fiend appears, which is... I like The Fiend character. I think he's been booked horribly. Mm -hmm. But I do like the character. I like cool masks and, you know, that type of shit. Um, Then obviously get more Bailey Banks build with Sasha coming to the ring and, you know, speaking out and basically issuing the challenge and then Sami Zayn retains against Jeff Hardy Jeff Hardy um I'll say um Bailey and Sasha my favorite thing in WWE right now oh uh yeah it, it's picked up quickly mm-hmm. I'm de- I definitely enjoy it as well um I'm excited for it and, and I'm happy for them I mean they've been the top women in WWE since really yeah. the day they got there yeah, I mean two of the top women I would I would I would say WWE is missing its two most important mm-hmm. women right at the moment. But we'll get Charlotte back. She's not going anywhere anytime soon, and we'll get Becky back. Becky when she... Presumably, yeah. whenever she she seems fit. She can take her time and enjoy her, her, her... She's earned it. Yeah, take her time off, enjoy her newborn, and enjoy you know the fruits of her, her labor, so to speak. Um, I'm excited... As far as the direction of Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. um, he's annoying as hell, and that's great. <laughs> WWE always does really good at booking annoying champions, so hopefully they do the same with him. Um, and it comes out as natural for him. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up the weekly television, weekly um, pay-per-views and things as far as our, our American-based companies. However, uh, I touched on it. Um, a little bit previously in the last issue for in, um, Inside the Ropes. But the G1 Climax starting. Yes. Um, I'm on night five. I'm waiting for American commentary to come out. So obviously I'm probably a night or two behind on that. But I have been keeping up as far as results go. Um, uh, so I, I kind of put this into four categories. I did biggest surprises, biggest letdowns. Uh, what I'm most excited for and my prediction as far as, and then a dark horse prediction as well. Okay. Um, so my biggest surprises are Tai Chi sitting at three and one with six points. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. Falls into the letdown slash surprise category. Not necessarily that I'm let down in Zack Sabre Jr. Cause even in defeat, his matches have been great, but I'm up. I'm let down in the fact that Zack Sabre Jr. Is two and two. Yeah. Like the, and and that that's and it's a surprise, um. And then Gabriel Kidd, who's been wrestling on in the 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 opening match with the Young Lions, mm-hmm. 
tremendous, man. Just absolutely tremendous in some of the matches he's been wrestling. I haven't personally gotten a chance to watch anything yet. I've been keeping up with the results. Yeah. Uh, I agree with Tai Chi. That is a big surprise for me. Well, the biggest surprise for Tai Chi for me, not necessarily that he's booked so high, because he is a champion. He is, you know, a bigger, not a, a bigger, but he is a bigger name for them, is that he beat Marin, uh, Suzuki. Yep. And, like, you know, obviously him and Suzuki are kind of battling for supremacy at this point. But I think him beating Suzuki was a very surprising, very surprising win. Um, other letdowns for me, uh, Jeff Cobb yeah, being one a- and three is just crazy to me. Obviously, I realize it, it takes a lot to be booked super strong in Japan as a gaijin. Um, but, um, and then another one is Sonata at one mm-hmm. and three. I mean, he did just pick up a win, um, over, uh, Naito, which may spark like a comeback for him, Yeah. but it is surprising to see him sitting at one and three. Um, the three I'm most excited for though, and sorry, they're going to be all, they're going to be all out of countrymen, mm-hmm. uh, juice, Jay white and Osprey. Hundred percent agree. All sitting at three and one, all sitting atop, tied for a top spots in their respective classes, uh, or blocks. I mean, um, do I, I think any of them win? No, I don't think any of them win it. I I will say my favorite to win was Jay White, just because I feel like with Kenny Omega not being as frequent. I don't know if he's still under contract with he's them. Not. No, um, yeah. So Completely. with him not being there anymore, I feel like they need Sorry. someone. Completely out of their graces. I feel like they need someone outside of Japan that people can really look at. And I mean, yeah. I can see Jay White just being pushed into that right away. So I put my my predictions. My prediction, I'm locking one in today, is Tai Chi versus Juice in the finals, and Tai Chi wins. Interesting. Um, and then my Dark Horse candidate to make kind of a comeback and get into the main event of Wrestle Kingdom would be Suzuki. Mine, I would say mine's Kenta. The only reason I don't think Kenta is because I don't think he's quite as popular as they expected him to Mm -hmm. be. Um, But the reason why I think Tai Chi makes sense is because he's super popular in Japan right now. Um, They're trying to push him to the leader of Suzuki Gun, and he's already holding a belt, but he's never really been pushed into that main event even the, really their IC title picture heavily. Yeah. Um, the reason why I think Juice goes in because it gives them an American name mm-hmm. to attract eyes for the pay-per-view for when that, that final night. And then my only reason I say my dark horse candidate is Suzuki is because he's been booked so strongly other than his loss to Taichi. I think he has a real opportunity to kind of make his career go full circle, so to speak. Um, and, and and get a and he's he's one of the guys that I think the Japanese fans love. Mm-hmm. He can be heel, he can be face, he can be whatever. But if you put the belt on him, it kind of it kind of solidifies his his e- standing. Even I personally love Suzuki. I I don't think there's a person that doesn't. I think he's tremendously talented. He's a he's a great worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, as stiff as a board, but I mean it, it's it's his style and it's great. I mean, he's definitely he encompasses that. Strong style Japanese, Japanese wrestling. You know, I'm yeah. going to hit you in the mouth and, and and not think twice about it, which is good. Um, 
I'm excited. Uh, the G one's one of my favorite like times of the year. Without the WWE having a like King of the Ring gauntlet, mm-hmm. like where like we get weeks and weeks and weeks, it's cool. My only complaint about the G one, and it's going to sound very American of me, is that it's just so long. <laughs> Nineteen <laughs> nights is just so much to keep up with, especially when most of the stuff is airing live at four a.m. And if it's like every day, yeah, and it's every other day, and then especially now with the travel restrictions and COVID and everything and them having to tape the commentary and like, we got to wait for American commentary. Mm-hmm. And I got into a pissing match with some guy on Facebook the other day about commentary. And all I said was, you know, I'm excited. I'm keeping up with it, catching up with it. And I made the comment, but like, you know, it's going to be a couple of days probably till we get the American commentary with everything. And he's like, you don't need the commentary. Listen to the passion in the Japanese commentary's voice. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. I'm like, it's a part of wrestling. They're like, well, if you were at the show, you wouldn't hear the commentary. But I'm fucking at home. I'm not at the show, motherfucker. I'm not complaining that I'm I'm in, you know, fucking Tokyo Dome and I can't hear the announcer. (laughs) Like, I'm complaining that I'm sitting on my couch in my living room in Baltimore, Maryland, and I can't hear the freaking commentaries or at least understand them. I can hear them. Yeah. And then I I kind of made that alluded to that comment of like, you know I it's not that I I I don't hear them obviously because they're speaking Japanese but like I like to understand it mm-hmm. like commentary adds to the story and Kevin Kelly is a great commentator so yeah. I like Kevin Kelly so it's not like I'm listening to Mike Cole <laughs> or I'm listening to some you know somebody I'm not a fan of so to speak. I will say I do agree with them in a small part where the passion that the Japanese commentators have is yeah, but some it, of the most enjoyable commentary you Kevin, can have. But Kevin Kelly's passion is also there right. when he's live. He's watching a taped event. Like mm-hmm. You can only be so passionate from the office that you're doing it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like The environment's not there. The crowd's not there. Like It's just, I don't know. Um, but, uh, that kind of wraps up my thoughts as far. I mean, what's your prediction for the G1? Um, my prediction is Jay White. I think he'll win. Uh, my dark horse is Kenta, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Jeff Cobb turned around. I feel like he can so turn you're going around. All, you're going all in on an out-of-countryman. Yeah. I, I think they're really trying to push it to where they need a major out-of-country star there now that yeah. Kenny Omega's gone. Um, I don't think Osprey gets a super heavy heavyweight push right away. Me neither. I do think he's going to eventually. Maybe um, by Dominion? Possibly? Maybe. I don't know. Zack Sabre Jr. still has to get his. Yeah. Um, I think Zack's on the cusp of something really special in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Zach's obviously committed there. But I don't, I don't know, man. With AEW and everything, and once things kind of open back up, it'll be interesting because talent's going to be poached at some point here. It's going to yeah. happen. And to be honest with you, New Japan would be better off working with AEW at this point. It I, sounds like NWA might be on the cusp of some sort of contract or deal with AEW. Yeah. Um, they just let out um, 
Well, obviously, James Storm's not under contract. Neither mm-hmm. is Eli Drake anymore for NWA. Yeah. And they just let uh, Camila Kane, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and his tag team partner out of their deals. Um, I forget what their names are. So, um, I don't know. I don't know when NWA is going to come back. And I can tell you this: when it comes back, it's going to be tremendously different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't. I mean, I don't really keep up with Impact. We don't really touch on them too um, much. I don't pay much attention either, but they have a Bound for Glory is coming up, I believe. And they got a really good tag team match coming up. Forget who all is in it. Um, I believe it's Motor City Machine Guns. The North, I would assume. Yeah, yeah I think maybe the North and um, Luke Ellis and Carl Anderson. I don't know what their name is in Impact. Is it just the Good Brothers? Yeah, I think it's just the Good Brothers. Yeah. Um, so we'll... Uh, we're going to transition, and obviously with Tyler filling in for Charlie today, like I highlighted earlier in the show, um, normally we have, you know, 30-something, 20-something, you know, having a discussion. We have both have multiple, or he has multiple kids. I have a kid with a kid on the way. Like, we give kind of like a old man perspective, young man perspective, but it's different with your generation. I mean, yeah. everything's different. Obviously, I've I, I coached you for a couple of years in high school, and um, I still coach high school, so so I still still deal with, you know, your generation on a day to day basis, and I know how you guys communicate. I know what's popular, you know, and it's so different than what we are accustomed to in like the wrestling community. Definitely. Um, how how do you see wrestling and its future? moving forward with your generation because obviously you're you're the next you're the next group that's going to fill football stadiums for wrestlemania and the next group that's going to decide how content is provided and or you know consumed so Mm -hmm. to speak like obviously like i'm sure you see it as as a as a viewer and and as a, a follower of of all things wrestling you probably see the the ratings, like everybody puts right. the ratings up every week and you're probably like in your head, you're like, why does this shit even matter? Like <laughs> everybody streams everything or this, yeah. that, and a third. And like, but like for our generations, the ratings matter. Mm-hmm. That's what people gave a shit about. Um, so for you, like, what's your opinion? Like, what do you, what do you think your generation as far as, you know, do you think it's as popular as it once was, or do you think it's getting popular again? Or I think that right now, there it's growing yeah it definitely died down i would say a majority of the 2010s it i even i stopped watching for almost a year um it lost its oomph yeah. there was nothing really there to work on especially when cm punk left wwe i feel like cm punk and john cena and all of them they were carrying a lot of the early 2010s yeah so when john cena stopped working and as much and cm punk just completely left went to ufc yeah they didn't really have much to work with anymore and this was at a time where i didn't really know about the indies or any other promotions other than maybe like tna yeah so that forced me to go out and look for other companies which helped me become a better wrestling fan and i don't regret stopping at all because yeah. it opened my eyes to a whole new world of wrestling and, and the thing is is i think for your generation too like if me or even god forbid if charlie 
you know, I, I don't mean to make him sound ancient, but <laughs> I mean, if either of us wanted to watch like a new Japan show, like you're like going to the flea market and getting like a VHS or a DVD yeah. or something like we couldn't just go and get like, we couldn't just log on to our Amazon account and watch new subscription. Japan, yeah, you know, watch new Japan world or stream it on our laptops. Like that wasn't an option for us. So we were only really exposed ever to WWE or mm-hmm. WCW. And like, even like for me, like finding ring of honor on CW, like, it, which is where it airs for us. Yeah. Like that was a big deal for me. Cause like, that's like my first real foray into the minor leagues mm-hmm. so, or the, the, the indies, I should say. Um, but like I said, I really, you know, I see it. I mean, obviously, you know, I, being around the kids and things like that, like things are just consumed differently than yeah. they were for us. Do you think, do you think the generation for you of like the now generation, like they want everything immediately. Do you think that's hurting or helping like with the progression of how WWE or even AEW or that these companies are doing? 100% it's hurting it. Do you uh, think so? Yeah. I, personally, I'm a fan of longer storylines. I like things to be played out. I don't want everything to just be handed to me because it kind of defeats the purpose. You can't just yeah. have everything handed to you. You got to work for it. Um, so when people demand things and then they get upset that they don't get what they got, like right away, yeah, it makes me upset as a fan because it's like, how can you call yourself a fan if you just want everything handed to you? Yeah. Even in sports, like with football or baseball, anything, your team's not going to win a championship every yeah. year. It's a process and it's, you got to stay for the process. You can't just expect yeah. everything to come to you. And and that's the truth though. I mean, you, and we see it, you know, all the time where guys get a belt and then the next week they don't have it or the next pay-per-view they lose it. And it is, and it's sad. It, it, it's, it's not just your generation though. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, 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 I would say my, you know, the millennial generation is just as impatient. And, and unfortunately the millennial generation, I think is very, unsatisfied just in general with everything. Yeah. So like, okay, I hate Roman Reigns when he's a baby face. Well, I also hate Roman Reigns when he's a heel. Like that's my generation's biggest cross. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I just don't like the guy. He's being forced down my throat. <laughs> There's just too many internet guys. Yeah. There's just too many guys that read every dirt sheet, every piece of information that comes out. And that's what hurts my generation. And I'm sure your generation's the same way. Mm-hmm. I was the same way for a little bit. I, I didn't like Roman Reigns at all, but uh, I knew when he turned heel. I, uh, I, I'm. He's growing on me a lot. Roman grew on me before he was a heel. When Roman won at 32, mm-hmm. and he was booed out of the building. We were I, both there. Yeah. After after a after a good match, like I had to go back and watch that match basically with the TV on mute because mm-hmm. I, I knew it was a good match. I just couldn't enjoy it live because people were such assholes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, as far as where where do you see so where you as a young where do you see wrestling in let's say ten years from now? Um I think it's gonna grow. I I it's hard to say it's just gonna disappear off the face of the earth and like nobody's gonna care about it anymore. I don't think that happens. No, there's no way. Uh especially with WWE getting that deal with Fox and now AEW coming into play, opening it up a wider audience because yeah. AEW is attracting, like you were saying with the, um, 
ratings. You can see all the demographics. Yeah. All the younger audiences go to AEW. Yeah. So now, what do you think's causing that? Is it is it just sheer, just sheer fatigue of the WWE product, or do you think AEW's approach with like their heavy, you know, social media, YouTube presence? Do you think that's played a part in that? I don't think that really plays that big of a role because obviously with like Xavier Woods and Paige, all these uh, WWE superstars with their Twitch but and would you, YouTube. But, but would you say that, so for me, as obviously somebody who does a lot of social media stuff in, in, in way of, you know, the podcast, we do our, our little YouTube thing. When you produce your own content, it's original, it's authentic. Right. And I'm not saying that Xavier Woods and Paige and all these people aren't producing original content because they are. It's their ideas, it's their properties. But we all know it's a bigger part of the WWE machine. Yeah. Where before AEW was AEW and you had Being the Elite, and even still to this day, Being the Elite is clearly still a, you know, it's it's the young bucks walking around with a GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think fan. I think your generation is a very big fan of vlogs. Mm-hmm. You guys love that shit. Definitely. Like the the David Dobrecks, the fucking, uh, what are the two the, the Paul brothers like Jake Paul, Logan yeah, Paul. Like, like your your generation loves that shit. Eats yeah. it up. I mean, if you didn't, they wouldn't have fucking millions of views on mm-hmm. their weekly videos. I mean, shit. Even I watch David Dobrecks shit. Oh, from so time do I. To time. My, fa- my favorite YouTuber. Yeah. So and that's a thing. Like YouTuber is a is a, a noun now. Like yeah. it's a it's a fucking thing. Uh, where with my generation, you fucking barely even knew what YouTube was. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe. I don't even think really anyone from YouTube expected YouTube to be the way it is no. now. So the thing is, is, you know, with I think, I personally think when I see these guys and what they're doing, I think that's what's driving your demographic in. Yeah. They were also smart enough to realize, so like WWE obviously does have, WWE does have their products in like Hot Topics and mm-hmm. FYEs and stuff like that, but AEW was smart enough to realize, like, well, this is our demo, this is our, this is who we want. Yeah. So they went in and, and put their stuff in in their stores even before they got the AEW, obviously. Even New Japan, they yeah. had stuff there. Um, I like I said, I if I had to give my prediction where WWE is or where wrestling is in ten years, I don't think we're having WrestleMania in football stadiums. You don't think so? I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna take a hit here, and then uh, obviously COVID's gonna affect a lot of stuff. Right. But I'm not thinking long term financially, because I don't think WWE's doing as good as it needs to, to stay mainstream relevant. Mm-hmm. Like to to keep a Fox contract. I don't know if Fox re- renews them for next go round. They're only getting two million views a week. Yeah. And it wasn't like I mean that's a significant step up from what they were getting mm-hmm. on USA with with SmackDown. Don't get me wrong. But you gotta expect more from Fox. But right? you, that's the thing you gotta understand, and like I think a lot of people get lost on it is that Fox is in every house in America, mm-hmm. every house. So that means on a Friday night they can't just get like a thousand, hundred thousand people to accidentally tune in right. and just fall asleep and leave it on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I personally think that WWE is gonna. WWE will probably take a step back. I don't think AEW necessarily takes a step back. I don't know if they take a, a leap forward, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but I don't think AEW ever wants to be like a stadium-filling brand. I think they just want to be a wrestling show. Right. As long as they maintain that type of, 
a fortitude. I think AEW will be fine. But WWE, obviously, being a public shared company, McMahon being older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to. He's. Even if Vince steps down, there's going to be an adjustment period yeah. where things don't change right away because it's just how it works. I feel like Triple H is a lot more with the program nowadays than Vince McMahon he is. is. But, and the question becomes, though, too, I mean, Triple H is, is getting older. Right. He's not, I mean, obviously, he's not Vince McMahon old by any stretch of the imagination, but he's older. Yeah. He's got kids. He's got things like, does he want to be the guy that has to be there every single day, making sure things are like, that's a lot of responsibility. And like, I think of us as fans, we step back and we say, oh, well, you know, Triple H is, he's the guy. He's got to be the guy. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's got to be. But nobody asks, like, does Triple H want to be the guy? Right. So I think, personally, I think if he wants to be, everybody accepts it. Trust me, everybody accepts it. Definitely. But if he was like, you know what, I've done this, I've been in this business for 50 years or 40 years or whatever it's been. I'm ready to I'm ready to walk away too. Yeah, you understand. But that's what scares me the most is the is there's a level of uncertainty of who's next because if we knew who was next, we would know there is a next and that we don't have to worry about the business in ten years. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to worry about where it's going or who's gonna run it or like is Disney gonna buy this and just turn it into like a Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse show like we don't know. But it's funny because we make like the comments about is Disney going to buy this? Like Disney could buy AEW tomorrow if they wanted to. <laughs> yeah. They uh, already got ESPN. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, I'm, I'm, it's, it's always interesting to talk to some younger guys or younger fans about wrestling because like your perspective is different. You know, you guys love different wrestlers than, you know, my generation or Charlie's generation and yeah. like, you know, I think you guys, I think wrestling is a, is, is a cool hobby. It's a cool thing, especially with the younger guys, because I feel like you do appreciate what came before it. Where a lot of things in life, obviously, we're seeing it nowadays, like history isn't exactly respected. Yeah. Um, but I think with you younger guys, especially in the wrestling community, you guys almost, you guys almost enjoy the older stuff more than the newer stuff because of how much the older stuff is talked up. Yeah. Um, where us older guys, like, yeah, we love the stuff we grew up watching. But we're like, man, the Attitude Era, there was some garbage in there, man. <laughs> like, everybody holds it up to this high esteem. We're like, there was a lot of bad during that time period, mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of the older stuff. I, I, I would like to see more of the older way of storylines brought up into newer age. Yeah. For sure. That would make, I f- feel like that would make every, every, industry every promotion a better place yeah and i think uh, and i think is like we i've also gotten in conversations and arguments on facebook over booking and like people saying well AEW doesn't long-term book i'm like how does AEW not long-term book they have a pay-per-view every three months Mm -hmm. like every three months so it means there's three months of build that's wwe would be lucky if they have a week build before like we just saw yeah like so like i said i just I think there's a lot of a lot of animosity towards the business in general because fans want things now or wanted things a certain way and they didn't get it that way. Um, 
and I don't necessarily think it's your generation. I, I think it's it's all wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, we all know what we want. We all know, like, and, and and we also get frustrated when we get what we want, or 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 we see the guy that we want to be champion and he's not. Nobody can ever be happy anymore. You can't yeah. please everybody. Um, but I think that bat wraps us up. Um. Appreciate you coming over. Appreciate Did you, you. want to jump into NXT predictions before? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I almost forgot about that. So, uh, as far as NXT predictions go, um, I still think I think Balor wins. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the end of this rivalry. I do think Balor wins. I think it's the match of the night. Um, I think LeRae wins. Really? Yeah. I don't think Gargano wins. Yeah, I was... So, so it's one or the other is going to win. And the reason why I say that is because it's going to create contention in their relationship. Because Johnny's already said, if 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 I win, she's the world champion. If she wins, I'm the women's world champion. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking she wins and he doesn't. And then he tries to play the like, well, that's my belt too. <laughs> like it, I, I think that's where we're headed. That, um, I see. I don't think either of them win. I, I think it really it depends... Whoever comes first in the show, that's really going to be the deciding factor. If Lorray wins first, I think Gargano has a higher chance of winning later on. I just don't see them taking the belt off a of priest because he, he is so hot. Um, yeah. Are the tag titles on the show tonight? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, so that's another division that's really suffering right now because of COVID. But it's also suffering because they don't really have any. Right. Um, we get Isaiah Swerve and Phantasmo tonight. Mm-hmm. Or Phantasmo Delgado, whatever yeah. the hell he's going by now. Um, I think that's going to be a good match. So do I. Potential stealer, show stealer of the night. Um, just because I think both are tremendous talents. Isaiah Swerve Scott could be, uh, to be honest with you, he could be a main event. He could be a NXT world champion. I think he's going to win tonight, too. Um, and then you get... Um, it's actually um you get Kushida and Velveteen Dream too, which I think is going to be a good match. They're finally booking Kushida. Yeah, I'm really I'm glad uh, that's you know more more serious. Yeah. And then Yeah, we we talked about Io Shirai. Yes. Yeah, I don't I I just don't know. That's see. That's what I like about NXT more than WWE main roster shows. Yeah, you don't really. You, you don't, don't know. Yeah, you, you can make you, anything could happen. Um, and then Hell in a Cell is coming up, obviously too. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about that a little bit. Um, I think, Randy, like I said earlier, I think Randy wins. Takes the belt. Yeah. Um, I think Roman wins. Obviously, I think Sasha Banks wins. Mm-hmm. I think Alexa Bliss sets her sights at, at that point on the title. Um, what about The Fiend and Kevin Owens? Well, I think The Fiend, I don't know if necessarily The Fiend cares about Kevin Owens. Because he did put on a mandible call, but... Yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think that matters. I think Kevin Owens and Aleister Black are going to put on another great match. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know what else is confirmed at this point. Really nothing. I mean, you got the draft coming up. So, yeah. so, and then obviously you touched on that earlier. And obviously with the draft, 
Um, we will cover that probably in our next issue, me and Charlie, um, and talk about some of the shifts and moves. But I, there's already clear cut, like who's going where. Yeah, I think AJ is going to go to Raw. I th- you know, I think Otis follows Mandy to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I just. The draft seems less predictable or le- more predictable this year than in years past. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'll, there won't be that many changes. But the thing that I could also see happening is, is Kyle O'Reilly loses mm-hmm. Wednesday and UE gets brought up in the draft. Do you mean today? Yeah, sorry. He, he yeah. loses today. Um, gets brought up in the draft. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah. Because that would instantly give you another tag team overall. Mm-hmm. It would give you another at least one or two singles competitors too, which would be cool. Or, or SmackDown, whichever you put them on. Um, but uh, yeah, so that... Uh, what about you? I want to say before I wrap it up, what about you as far as telling the cell? Um, pretty much everything you said I agree with. Uh, I, Roman, 100%. No way Jay wins. Uh, Going to be a good match, but they, I don't see him walking out as champion. No way. Not, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Randy Orton, I do think he finally gets the upper hand on Drew McIntyre. It's just been going on way too long. Drew McIntyre's been a little too dominant over him, I would but say. I th- my reason, my big reason for Randy winning is because Drew is much more interesting in the chase than he is in the retention. Yeah. So that, that helps a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, that wraps up this issue of inside the ropes for dad's issue dad's got issues podcast um if you haven't already uh hit the like subscribe button and if you get an opportunity run over to our instagram uh at dad's got issues podcast or our twitter or facebook accounts at dgi podcast uh we do a lot of interacting as far as facebook and instagram goes twitter we're trying to get a little bit better at um but You'll be able to find all the updates for our upcoming issues. Uh, our spotlight issue from the previous week dropped on Thursday. Um, give that a listen um, as well. It covers all things Batman the Animated Series, uh, which was the winner of our Saturday morning tournament. Um, and then uh, make sure you guys uh, log into YouTube and search DJI TV and like and hit the subscribe button there so you get updates on all our new um, episodes of that. Um, we had some stuff shot for this week's episode, um, but like I said, Charlie um, had some family stuff to take care of this week, um, and he's our video guy. I'm the audio guy. So uh, if we can, we'll throw that back out there. Um, obviously, this is um, issue number... I want to say 16. Let's go with that. If it's wrong. <laughs> uh, this issue comes out on Wednesday. On Monday, we had our hot off the press issue with cover covered all of our uh, comic pickups this week. Um, that issue uh, will cover a bunch of bunch of DC releases, but also some independent stuff for a change and even a Marvel title thrown in there. Uh, Friday's issue will cover the multiverse. Uh, so we'll talk all things uh, Hasbro PulseCon. Uh, talk all things. Um, basically, there's a ton of entertainment news from this past week. A lot of uh, Marvel news, a lot of DC news coming out over the last week. Um, so, I ain't got nothing else. So, uh, like Charlie says, I guess we'll just hit our music. Mm-hmm.